1: the same attributes it takes to be a tight end. to another edition of the Dice Trade Cast on RodeVez Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire, DoorDash, Pepsi, and Bet on Line. Here we go. Dice Trade Cast, week three is in the books. The Stanley Cup champions are the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> uh Steven Stamko scored a goal in game three. Uh, his only appearance in the playoffs. Oh, wait, we're not we're not a uh, hockey podcast.
2: Um you can yep. be I mean, I'm, I'm a hockey guy. Like, I'm all about it. Let's switch. Let's just switch right now.
1: <laughs> what do you think of the blue line? Um, okay. All right. Let's go on to uh, week three. It's in the books. And and we've got – we're, we're going to start the show. Usually we start the show with news and notes. But before we get into that, we're, we've decided there's some intriguing talking points for the – quarterback position after week three to kind of the performances we've seen through, the you know, some of the top guys first few week first few weeks, how it shuffles, you know, some rankings or, you know, you know, determines where you have uh, these top guys right now. The one that I don't think has changed for many people. I think it might have changed for you, though, Dan. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is the QB one, and I'm not sure it's that close between I think that it's it's a much co- tighter tier from QB2 to QB7 than it is between QB1 and QB2. You were a man who touted Lamar Jackson as a QB1 this offseason, so defend yourself.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's the rushing upside is the is the main difference. Um, but Baltimore didn't really do anything to, to help Lamar, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they brought in J.K. Dobbins, but they didn't really add anything as far as playmakers in the receiving game. They did bring in Devin DuVernay and uh, like James Prochet, but what is that really going to do? Uh, Mark Andrews hasn't done him any, any favors this year. I feel like he has about 10 drops in three games, which is honestly impressive. Hollywood Brown, it, you know, I mean, did he get lit up uh, on Sunday? Or what, Monday? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think they've, they've not necessarily taken a step back. I, I just think teams are starting to figure out Baltimore a little bit. But they'll, they'll rotate off of what they're doing now, and they'll they'll find new space. I still think Lamar is basically a locked-in top three, but the one thing that isn't ever going to change is just how much better Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback than pretty much everyone else in the league currently. If Aaron Rodgers is 10 years, 10 years younger, uh, we would have a legitimate conversation between is it Patrick Mahomes or is it Aaron Rodgers? But it, Mahomes is literally just what Aaron Rodgers was at his super peak and now Aaron Rodgers is playing like Aaron Rodgers of of old currently so yeah i think it's i think it's pretty easily at this point Mahomes i still really really love all of the upside that comes with Lamar Jackson i don't really think his throwing has necessarily been bad this year i just feel like his weapons aren't doing him any favors and the offense hasn't really done a whole lot of, of growing. I feel like they're just trying to do the same shtick that they did last year, which as we know in the NFL teams can figure you out pretty quickly. And once they do your offense goes stale and you have a really hard time moving the football, uh, Kansas city proved that essentially this week. So, um, I I am more interested to kind of get down the line of these quarterbacks though, and beyond the Mahomes and, and I think Lamar is really strongly like solid in that spot. Where do we kind of pivot off into, you know, the the Dak, Russell, uh, Watson, Kyler, dare I say Josh Allen tier? Who's, who's next up for you in this pecking well, order?
1: I, I will give my Lamar take because I feel like we combined the Mahomes-Lamar conversation a little bit there. And with, with Lamar, it's what we've seen in his bad games, it's been a team saying, beat us with your arm, and he hasn't been able to beat with the with the arm. And we kind of have seen that bad teams – get beat easily by, by Lamar's arm because they have to focus on his running ability and, you know, the running backs in the Baltimore backfield. The very good teams are like, yeah, we can stop Lamar's throwing, and then if you stop Lamar's throwing, then the run is so easily stopped. So, it, with, with Lamar, there's a way to stop. We've seen a way to stop it. There has been no way to stop Patrick Mahomes and what he's done in that Kansas City offense with the weapons around him. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCall Hardman had a big game on Monday night. So, I, I just don't – I don't see I, – I see a way to stop Lamar because teams have shown it. I don't see a way to stop Mahomes. That's why he's the clear QB1 in Dynasty. I mean, and obviously he's so young. Is this his third year, fourth year? I can't even tell. Um, but, yes, I, I do think that it's a very intriguing conversation going into that next tier of, you know, who starts it. I mean well, – in my opinion, Lamar starts it. But after Lamar, who is next in that tier? And I think it's a, a conversation between when, between Dak and Russell Wilson right now. Um, I, everyone knows I'm a, I'm a big youth guy. But we are seeing more and more of these quarterbacks playing deep into their 30s, early into their 40s. And Dak and Russell Wilson have looked like the two best quarterbacks in football this year. Um, Dak has had some, you know, struggles with, you know, getting acclimated to uh, you know, more of a pass-heavy offense. But when he's been good this season, you know, when, when the offense has been humming for Dallas, he has looked like the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, it hasn't, you know, they're one and two, and they've been trailing in uh, the win as well, of course. But I, I do think that when that offense gets right, and it will over the next few weeks, Dak will be putting up, you know, top QB overall type numbers. And Russell Wilson has has been... I, yes, Mahomes you know, is the best overall quarterback, but Russell Wilson has by, by far had the best season so far.
2: Yeah, it's hard to, to argue that, obviously, with, with the numbers he's putting up. Um, I think the big thing for me with Russell is, yeah, he's, he's 32, but we haven't really seen him as a high-volume passer, I mean, really ever as, as far as like, the real high-volume passers go. We haven't seen him do it in like five years. So the, the big thing is, is him staying hundred percent healthy. Obviously he doesn't miss many games, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't struggle when he's hurt and trying to play through it. So if he can stay, you know, and even 90% healthy, Russell is pretty damn good, but um, we need to see him stay healthy and continue to stay healthy and continue to the volume. Always, always, always has been extremely efficient as a passer, which is the reason he's stayed so highly ranked over the years. Because he hasn't been a volume guy; he's been an efficiency guy. And now he's got weapons, right? Get the Kalen Metcalf or DK, as everyone likes to call him, and uh, Tyler Lockett. Obviously, is a huge part in that. And
1: those it's, two are so good; it, it is it's, cre- I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I, this isn't any sort of a hot take, but like those two with Russell Wilson, it's like. How do you even stop it? And guess what? NHL teams—they can't stop
2: it. No, they can't. It's so they're so explosive, and they're perfect compliments to one another. Uh, and also, we're seeing DK Metcalf just completely blossom. Like he's not the one, the one trick pony that everyone thought. And even though he kind of had that shtick to him, where he could only run a couple of routes, we're seeing him completely blow everyone away and out of the water running these routes. So uh, I, I think his growth and Tyler Lockett continuing to be a really high end wide receiver. Um, I mean, that's everything for Russell now because he's, you know, he had Doug Baldwin and he had, he had a couple of pieces prior, but he's never really had an elite type like he has with DK Metcalf, a true alpha, a true wide receiver one in the NFL. And, uh, you know, a big play speed guy with Lockett who he's had for a couple of years. Um, it's hard to argue with having Russell really high. The argument for me would be health and age it's really the reason i would have dak ahead of him Uh, obviously dak is really young the problem now becomes how can we argue that his his surrounding cast is better when we don't know if he's going to be a cowboy in 2021 he could instantly move somewhere else and have absolute garbage Uh, what happens when he if he comes becomes a jet you know what i mean if he becomes a jet he's he's not that good he is very good but he's not good enough to to be you know a, a high-end wide receiver one or what qb1 with that cast
1: i mean i i will say that i oftentimes err on the side of not assuming that transactions are not going to happen and i'm assuming that Dak is going to be playing in the cowboys uniform because i mean yes we've seen a couple you know qb's change franchises mid-career like you know kirk cousins but it it's not very often you see a guy who's you know being valued as a top five, top six uh, quarterback changing teams. It just doesn't happen.
2: His big problem is his owner doesn't, for some reason, think he's a top five or top six quarterback. He uh, seems to think that he'd rather have Tony Romo back for another fourth quarter drive.
1: Well, uh, one person who fantasy Twitter has definitely not thought was a top five, six quarterback for most of his career was one Josh Allen. And he has come out guns a-blazing. Uh, the stark contrast between Stefan Diggs uh, going from the Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen uh, <laughs> shows Josh Allen is, A, much better than Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins without Stefan Diggs is very, very bad. So, uh, yeah, I obviously you don't want to put too much into account of just, like, one player. But Josh Allen's career is, like, flipped on a, on its head by Stefan Diggs' arrival. Plus, he still has the rushing upside. Um, especially in the red zone with his big body, and so I, you know, I, I still to an extent have some fear with. No one makes worse bad plays in terms of the good quarterbacks than Josh Allen, but we've seen less of those bad plays than we did in his first couple of seasons in the NFL. So as long as he st- like keeps those bad plays to one or two a game rather than four or five, then he's a top five fantasy quarterback and top five NFL quarterback.
2: See, I'm, I'm still in the camp of he's probably not an elite quarterback, but he is absolutely an elite fantasy asset. We've seen really bad quarterbacks put up massive fantasy numbers. We've seen Blake Bortles have success as a fantasy asset. We've seen Jameis Winston have success as a fantasy asset. We've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick have massive success as a fantasy quarterback. Josh Allen is obviously better than all of those guys, but he's nowhere near the quarterback caliber of Patrick Mahomes, of Dak Prescott, of, Ru- of Russell Wilson. He's not in their league at all. He's got a massive arm. He finally has another weapon to throw to, and he's got rushing upside. He is, in my opinion, a top six quarterback. I don't think there can be any questions asked about that. My only, 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 only issue I have Is that he's still kind of bad? (laughs) He makes really bad throws occasionally. It's not all the time, but there's just and it's
1: much and it's it's there's a very stark contrast between how often those plays are happening in 2019, than how often they're happening in 2020.
2: Took a massive step forward. The problem is, is that still exists within his game. So it's it's you kind of have those bonehead plays that you're like, all right, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen, and here comes the real Josh Allen. We'll, We'll forget those three throws from the first half and we're going to focus on the other 40 times he threw where everything was actually pretty good. Uh, his deep ball looks a lot better, uh, but we, we've still seen some of the short to intermediate stuff. I mean, the, I think it was the week one throw that was like a it was like a running jump pass thing that he threw into the stands. It was like four yards. It just, <laughs> I don't even know how you do that. But um, yeah, Stefan Diggs, I think is for some, somehow still a buy low. I, I don't think people are catching up as quickly as they should be on Stephon Diggs who was a high-end wide receiver prior to moving to Buffalo. And now that he has a quarterback willing to take a chance and move the ball downfield, yeah, he's probably a wide receiver one, folks.
1: Well, Diggs Diggs and Lockett share something in common that they've been undervalued their entire career. And now that they're apexing, they're showing, wow, I am top three wide receiver in the NFL good. And we're like, well, they're 28, so like, do we really want to touch 28-year-old wide receiver? Right. Yes, you do. When you have a guy who's going to be attached to high volume, a guy who's going to be attached to good quarterback play, and a little less digs, more so lock it. But still, both those guys are going to outproduce their price for the next three to four years.
2: No doubt, no doubt. And now, you know, once we get beyond Josh Allen after this amazingly strong front half, I think we've got one more spot before it just turns into an absolute gong show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that, the uh, QB five this year, Kyler Murray belong, you know, I, 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 sure. I, have, him above, I have him above Josh, Josh Allen still, um, but you know, there is still some question marks. You, you, you have some question marks about his passing ability, but I mean, I think, I think it's been fine uh, so far. Him and Hopkins have played well together and the cliff Kingsbury offense is only evolving. Andy Isabella had a huge game this week. Uh, hopefully that continues even with Kirk coming back to the lineup. I'm, I'm assuming soon, um, but yeah kyler murray I, I, he is what we thought he was and it, and it's not a disappointment <laughs> uh he's he's been very good and i think that he's you know pretty much on track to be that top five quarterback that we were expecting in that offense with those weapons so um yeah kudos to, to kyler the
2: the turnovers are are starting to become a little bit of an issue i mean it's not the end of the universe but he's got only got four touchdown throws and five picks this year so i mean i I'd like to see him clean that up. Especially Man, he, he has
1: four rushing touchdowns.
2: <laughs> but he went 20 and 12 last year as a passer. So, I mean, it's, I feel like he's taken a slight right, step back I'm, as a I'm thrower. Saying,
1: having four, saying he only has four passing touchdowns is <laughs> disingenuous.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, I, it's, right. No, I, I get that. I'm just saying he's turning the ball over at too high of a rate. He, he needs to clean that up. I feel like he's, he definitely hasn't taken a step forward as a thrower. I, I mean, he, at best case scenario, it's just, he's kind of kept, Kept doing what he was doing. Uh, I'd like to see him clean some of that up, but uh, yeah, he's still in this top five six category for me. No, no questions asked. Obviously, having having Hopkins and and having um, Kingsbury as as his play caller for the for foreseeable future, um, it's really hard to argue with that combo. So I, I think I think Kyler is a locked in top five guy. With you know, right there with Josh Allen, with Russell Wilson, with Dak Prescott. Um, I I think that's kind of your your tier three, maybe, or maybe Lamar's in that tier two. And that's just a really big tier two, Uh, because there's a lot of those guys are honestly pretty interchangeable. For me, the the only I think really locked in spot would be putting Josh Allen at the in the last part of it. Yeah.
1: Now, let's go to a player who I would have assumed would still be in that tier, but has not played that well with his uh, man, DeAndre Hopkins gone. That is the QB 17 on the year, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I had hopes. I had high hopes for uh, Watson. Granted, he hasn't had the easiest schedule out of the gates. That's not really an excuse for how badly he's played. But he hasn't been able to make up for, you know, the the lack of receiving weapons around him with his legs or just, you know, being able to throw guys open. And so a bit of a disappointment to start the year for Deshaun Watson um i i do think it's a buy low opportunity because i'm still a believer in his talent but the floor i i was not expecting this this type of floor from him from a fantasy perspective and the floor is clearly like a low end qb2 yeah
2: i mean he's essentially throwing for 250 and a touchdown as your floor so that's that's not great we haven't really seen much of that rushing upside honestly i struggle with watson because i think he's a great dynamic quarterback but the texans man bill o'brien is running that place into the ground um they traded away Hopkins for absolutely nothing david johnson's looked okay the wide receivers have all looked mostly not good it's kind of a cluster honestly it, it might be to the point now where if you have them you really can't sell because you're not going to get what he's worth but I don't know that I'm buying right now either, honestly. I, I need to see something change with Houston or uh, maybe Watson move on. I, I don't know how all that could shake out possibly, but it's um, it's not great right now. I'll say that.
1: Well, it's not great for Deshaun Watson, but you know what it is great for? It's great for our Rotovis subscribers. That's right, we got content, we got tools, we got a great podcast network. Rotoviz Radio. Make sure to get involved with Rotoviz by going to Rotoviz.com and using the promo code 2020RV Radio to get a 10% discount off all of our content and tools, all the great apps, all the great articles, dynasty, Debbie, redraft, best ball in the offseason. Everything you can ask for in baseball. Rotoviz has got it. We got you covered. We got a Slack channel. We got everything you can think of. Let's get involved. 2020 RV Radio, 10% discount. Get involved today, not tomorrow. Not yesterday, or if you did yesterday, good job, but today. (laughs) All right. Next, uh, the last veteran quarterback we'll talk about is one Baker Mayfield. He might actually have uh, an instance of QB wins. Uh, Who would have thought that Browns wins would be buoying the value of a quarterback? But the fact that the the Browns are 2-1 are kind of making it seem like he's playing better, or at least from a fantasy perspective, playing better than he is. Uh, he had he's at QB 25 in ball with no games over 16 points in the first three weeks. And that's obviously <laughs> with the weapons of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, David who got hurt, uh, Austin Hooper. So obviously I was expecting more last year. I was expecting more this year. Uh, do you think this is just a case of the Browns just have the, the rushing attack to not need Baker ever? Or do you think this is just game script? How how do you see the rest of uh, Baker's year playing out? Is it much of more of the same what we've seen so far?
2: I think he might be a forever QB too. Unfortunately, I, I think I think they're going to lean on on Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt to try to get Baker his confidence back by not making him have to throw the ball as much as humanly possible. I mean, they got absolutely waxed by Baltimore in Week One, but getting Cincinnati and then Washington and and. I guess they weren't necessarily easy games, but he only had to throw the ball 46 times total between those two games. And he came out with, I think, like 350 or 360 yards total, four touchdowns and an interception. So um, I don't think the volume is going to be there to get Baker back to a QB one. Honestly, yes, he's still young, but. This team feels like it's built to to run the ball, and if anything, they're just going to play more short stuff. I still think that Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham can survive, but again, that's two guys that are going to take a pretty decent sized hit in in value because they're not going to have the volume that we were anticipating them having. You know, last year in sixteen games, Baker really didn't throw it a lot, but he's on pace for even less this year. So I'm, I'm not overly enthused. Uh, I have all too much Jarvis Landry and um, probably not enough Kareem Hunt. So I think, you know, with, with Baker, there's obviously some moves to be made. I don't hate him as a, a, you know, a QB three on a team with QB two valuation. Um and he's going to be relatively cheap now. People are going to be frustrated. He isn't performing the way we had anticipated. But, uh, you know, kind of a move I'm looking to make here is I need to start getting in some more Kareem Hunt shares. Nick Chubb is still going to be overly expensive, uh, as he should be. He's he's balling right now. He's playing very, very well. But Kareem I don't hunt- know. If, if you catch too. Nick
1: Chubb at the right time after he has, like, a – 10 carry for a 61-yard game, doesn't get in the end zone, doesn't get any reception work because Hunt gets all the work. I feel like Nick Chubb owners or Nick Chubb managers are some of the most frustrated in the world. Every time, like, they have, like, at halftime, uh, he has, like, six carries for 42 yards. They're like, where is Nick Chubb ball? Why didn't they get this Nick Chubb ball? Like, they're freaking out about Kareem Hunt's usage. And so I I do – yes, Nick Chubb at the moment is expensive – but I feel like if you find the right moment, Nick Chubb is definitely acquirable.
2: For sure. I mean, I acquired after Week One when he was Dookie, and I got I got Nick Chubb for CD Lamb, so that was fun.
1: There we go. All right, now uh, let speaking of, speaking of rookies, we'll wrap up our quarterback talk with uh, some rookie rapid fire. We have Joe Burrow three three games into his career, had some ups, had some downs. Currently at QB ten. Um, but has shown the rushing upside that we thought he had and has lots of weapons. And we'll talk about uh, one of his weapons in a little bit, but Joe Burrow passing volume galore, 36 passes, 61 passes, 44 passes. So uh, we knew this would happen in the Bengals bad team offense. They are Oh, two and one. And yes, obviously that's not his long-term outlook of always being passing the all 40, 50 yards a game, but we we've seen when he if he gets the volume he's gonna produce with it this year.
2: Yeah, and honestly, we haven't really seen much of a fall off as far as skill goes from his his season at LSU into the pros. Um, he hasn't had the most daunting of schedule to start with here, but you know the the Chargers week one they're no joke as from a secondary perspective, uh, and Philly honestly played pretty well last week or this week I guess technically. Um, and you know, the last two weeks Burrow went for over 605 touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over the last two weeks through the air. So I mean, he's playing well, they, they just kind of need to keep him upright, try to keep him from getting hit, turning him into, uh, what may become a David Carr scenario where he just becomes part of the earth's crust and continuing to lean on his weapons, man. He's got plenty of them. Uh, from Tyler Boyd, to AJ, the, the skeleton of A.J. Green, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. I mean, the the list kind of goes on, and it's a nice luxury to have as a rookie quarterback to be able to come into a situation where you they're committed to you 100% of the way and they have a bunch of weapons for you. So uh, I feel like Joe Burrow can make a big swing north in these standings. I feel like he could get into that QB 7-8 range pretty quickly if not already because I mean who else are we going to put there right now Baker Mayfield I don't think so um I I do feel like he's he's kind of just kept up with what he was doing at LSU though I I was worried we were going to see him fall off and he was going to be a one-year wonder but he's looked pretty damn good
1: well next we have uh let's look at our calendars is it two a time yet nope not two a time yet I'm looking at my calendar right now. Uh, my official two-a-time prediction as of September 29th, 2020. Official two-a-time prediction, we are going with unfortunately, November 15th. I'm going the Jets game, November 15th. They play the game the Jets in back to back games. And I think they're just gonna say, let's show this let's show our division rival what they have to deal with for the next 10 years with two tags." Uh, I I don't think they're in any rush to get him on the field. They're fine with rolling out Fitzpatrick, winning whatever games they win, um, which probably aren't going to be many other than against the Jaguars. But uh, what are your thoughts? When is two attack? When is two a time coming?
2: Well, I'd love to say this week, but <laughs> no. unfortunately my guess is going to be after your guess. I'm after gonna, my guess? I'm going to say they get him tuned up and ready to go during the bye week. And they unleash him week 12 against those those same New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 and he absolutely shreds them. I think Tua takes the league by storm, week 12, and beyond.
1: And Justin Herbert has already taken the world by storm. Well, kind of. He's, he's taken the world by brain. <laughs> um, he, he's had a, a nice start to his career. Nothing too special. But... He has uh, had two 300-yard games, had a rushing touchdown in his debut, and, you know, has three touchdowns through three three games. He's going to get demolished by the Buccaneers' defense this coming week. Um, But Justin Herbert, uh, I I think it's definitely early. I mean, obviously, we have the injury to to Rod Taylor, but I don't really see the Chargers being dumb enough to go back to to Tyrod at this point. And so I think they're going to let Herbert get his belts. You know, they have enough weapons in that offense to where he can, you know, be competent at least. I'm interested to see how much they get him more involved in the running game. Had four carries his first week, three carries his second. I'd like to see him get a little bit more on the ground there, Uh, you know, at least from a fantasy perspective. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how this season plays out. Keenan Allen was a freak show. (laughs)
2: No doubt. Uh, I think I think Herbert's been just fine. I mean, it gets his his first action followed following uh, Terod Taylor, uh, obviously with the weirdest injury of all time and having the those lovely Chargers doctors just always seem to know what they're doing, don't they? So it's it'll be weird to see what happens there if he does come back at some point. Um, But yeah, I mean, Herbert Herbert's looked pretty good. Obviously, uh, we'd like to see the efficiency start to kind of get there as time goes on. Uh, A lot of dink and dunk currently, but you kind of expect that trying to get a rookie is his feet underneath him. So uh, I I think that they've got the weapons there for him to succeed too. You know, Austin Eckler in the backfield has been, has been pretty darn good. They seem to really like Joshua Kelly, obviously Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the, on the outside. You got Hunter Henry in the middle. So plenty, plenty of weapons. Hopefully the offensive line holds up, but I I can see Justin Herbert making a big jump here too. Um, And honestly, He's got a real good chance of being a QB1 by season end and as far as Dynasty goes. Just because he is young, he's got weapons. And uh, I would assume they're going to start building around him right away and, and trying to get uh, that that line figured out and um, fill in whatever gaps on offense that they need. The
1: Chargers are building around Justin Herbert. You should build your night around an order with our friends at DoorDash.
2: That's right, you've counted on restaurants, and now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local spots are also open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get a $5 off plus zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Again, code BLUEWIRE for $5 off and no delivery charges with your first DoorDash order. Well, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you plan to watch. For me, you know, Sundays are spent at work, uh, usually slack off, get a game in. Thankfully, I got my Pepsi right by my side. Keep me company. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those of us who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching.
1: One player who has been made for football watching through the first couple weeks has been one James Robinson. Jaguars uh, released One Leonard Fournette and James Robinson has stepped into that RB1 role quite nicely. Uh, He had 16 carries week one, 16 carries week two, and 11 carries with six catches in week three. So lots of uh, volume for James Robinson early on as an undrafted rookie running back. I am very surprised by this. I did not see this one coming. I saw this offense being not conducive to producing a fantasy scorer. And I'm still not sure if it is long-term as in the rest of this season. But it does seem that if someone's going to get volume in this offense, it is one James Robinson, which would make sense because really who cares about giving Chris Thompson touches. I am I am still somewhat in the I don't have any shares, so I'm just hoping this ends quickly, uh, you know, phase of my uh, thoughts on James Robinson. I'm not quite buying in. I'm not going out and trying to overpay for any shares here. But, you know, he's at least going to get some volume right now.
2: James Robinson to me is kind of like if Jay Ajayi were good and had both of his legs. Um, that's kind of the vibes I get from James Robinson. I wasn't a huge Jay Ajayi guy. Actually, I I despised the man, but I feel like James Robinson could stick. It's weird, but something about the Jags and James Robinson feels right. We finally got to see him get that little bit of volume in the passing game this week. Like you mentioned, um, the carries aren't ever really going to be over the top, but 15-16 a game, and if he can keep the the receptions coming in at 4, 5, 6 a game, I mean, that's plenty of touches to be considered a bell cow, and even in a bad offense, you know, he's going to be able to most likely do enough with those touches, and I think he's scored every game, has he not? Did he maybe not have won the first game? No. He, he, so the first game he, he didn't score, um, but I mean, who was expecting James Robinson to be anything week one? Week two, he comes out, drops 102 on the ground with a touchdown, and then catches three balls for 18 yards. And then last week was kind of the struggle bus on the on the ground, but he still had 11 carries, 46 yards, and two touchdowns, and he also caught six balls for 83 yards. So we know he can do it through the air. We know he can kind of do it. He can do it enough on the ground um, that I mean, he's going to probably be relevant. Or at the very least this whole year, we'll see with, with the plethora of running backs coming into the league next year and the and the uh, exorbitant agents. amount of free agents. Um it's gonna be I mean it's gonna be running back haven. So guys but like I,
1: I could I could very much see the Jaguars being this coming year's Dolphins, where you're like, Oh, whichever rookie running back's gonna be so dynamite, it's gonna be perfect. Fit where whoever it is, it's going to be awesome, and then they just don't pick one. And yeah. that's what it's gonna be Jaguars possibly having Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields. Like, oh, whoever's gonna be paired with that guy, to, uh, you know, to be the running back, it's gonna be the the A plus guy, and then and they don't pick one and they end up, you know, rolling with I don't know, like Ronald Jones at running back.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's always a chance that they don't attack running back because if any if if analytics has shown us really anything, it's that well, running backs don't matter. Uh, unless it's Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. That's pretty much it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can see Robinson sticking for the remainder of the year. But beyond that, honestly, the, there's really not a whole lot of, of point potential for James Robinson following the 2020 season. Like I mentioned, the incoming class is going to be really good, plus the free agent class is massive. And, you know, it, it would take an, an, ab, an absolute Miami Dolphins scenario for him to have value. But even the Dolphins, we saw them bring in Matt Breida, Jordan Howard. You know, that, that could Bowden. very well. Yeah, <laughs> Lynn Bowden. We could very well see that happen to James Robinson. Um, I do still think that their plan is to try to get one of the top quarterbacks, even though Gardner Minshew uh, has played okay. He's not a franchise quarterback by any means, but um, he's definitely better than a backup. I, I don't think that's his, his tenure in the NFL is as a backup. I do think he starts. So whether it's with Jacksonville or elsewhere, um, that's someone that you maybe want to keep an eye on throughout the season as a potential buy candidate, maybe towards the trade deadline as your, as your leagues get close to the playoffs. Um, maybe snag Gardner Minshew in your two QB leagues because if, if they are playing really, really bad and they're looking like they're going to have a high pick, it's almost a guarantee that they, he gets replaced. But honestly, he should be starting somewhere.
1: And let's go to the Vikings receiving core. We have Justin Jefferson with his big breakout game, seven catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets after, you know, uh, five catches and about 70 yards in the first two weeks. So, 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 Justin Jefferson. I didn't see this happening this year. I, I, told, I told you that this offense doesn't have the volume, doesn't have uh, the trust in a young receiver in order for a, a wide receiver to put up these type of numbers. Yes, it's one game, but I don't think this is Justin Jefferson's last game of above 20 points this season. I think they'll have a few more of, the, of these, especially as the season goes on and be like, well, why are we wasting our time, you know, as we're losing? Why are we wasting our time throwing to Adam Thielen? Let's just try and get Jefferson and maybe our lawyer Irv Smith some touches. Irv Smith has not done much through the first couple, uh, few weeks. Um, So I do think that that this passing game is quickly becoming the Justin Jefferson show.
2: Yeah, I mean, the offense has been abysmal, to be completely honest. Kirk Cousins is god-awful. I think we knew that, though. I think we knew he was a a very, very mediocre quarterback. But, yeah, I didn't see Jefferson really exploding this year. And all of a sudden this week, I was getting, like, real Randy Moss vibes from Justin Jefferson. The boys got swag. That's there's no questioning that he was dancing up and down the field. I loved it. It was fun to see him having fun out there and absolutely putting on a clinic. And uh, yeah, I feel like he he legitimately could end up as the wide receiver one in this class if he continues to play that way. Uh, You can't stop someone that's playing that's playing like that. I mean, he was he was doing whatever he wanted out there, at least for that half. Uh, and then they kind of tightened up and said, we're not just going to let you do whatever the hell you want. And they started to focus on him. This offense just has to not do what they've been doing. They need to go back to being able to throw the football, not trying to run the ball 40 times a game and win. This isn't 1955, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really not conducive to wide receiver scoring. But when you see a game like that from Justin Jefferson, and we know what Adam Phelan can do and has done, you really have to think that they're just they're waiting to, for the right moment to start playing football, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Justin Jefferson's got a really good chance at, at being the top guy out of this class, and um, that's not throwing shade at C.D. Lamb or, or Jalen Ragger or T. Higgins by any means, but uh, this boy can play.
1: Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Justin Jefferson wasn't the only rookie to have a big week. We had Brandon Ayuk and T. Higgins both uh, accumulating 21 fantasy points this week. Uh, T. Higgins, once again, another guy that was a very crowded depth chart. They did uh, make a healthy scratch out of John Ross. And outside of that, like it. yes, there's Mingles have a lot of weapons, but it really isn't that hard of a depth chart to climb. Like boys the wide receiver one and after that you have a.j green who is old and terrible you have Auden Tate, who is fine but nothing too special and they have some fascination with mike thomas apparently um but anytime you have mike thomas on the field and not t higgins it's a mistake and and that they showed this week with two touchdowns five catches 40 yards uh this is not not saying that you're gonna be able to start t higgins this year but there's going to be some flashes you're going to be like, wow, that guy, that guy's going to be a wide receiver one in the next couple of years.
2: I think we see the Bengals do A.J. Green a favor and move him to a playoff contender. Um, I don't
1: think so. We always think that, and it never happens.
2: I, I just, I, I mean, he's got like nothing what, what, left.
1: What, why would a playoff team acquire A.J. Green?
2: Because it's still AJ Green, right? I mean, it's
1: not, it's not AJ Green.
2: Right, but but even in the NFL, there's name value. Adrian Peterson keeps getting jobs, okay, Um, and and we've seen we've seen the the cadavers of previous wide receivers being traded uh, to playoff contenders that don't end up panning out either. But I just feel like this team needs to rid itself of AJ Green as much as I love AJ Green. It needs to get these young guys touches. It needs to get them ready to go. Zach Taylor, just, he needs to get these guys in the game more. Not Mike Thomas. We need T. Higgins, and we need probably some John Ross, honestly, more odd and Tate. There's plenty of, of pass catches in this offense where they could probably just send A.J. Green off into the sunset on a burning canoe and just call it a day. Uh, T. Higgins is a guy I've been on since, he was a senior in high school, honestly, playing, playing Dev- Debbie is the way I used to play it. He was one of my top targets that year. And uh, this is kind of what I, I have expected from him. He, he kind of progressed into his career a little differently than I would have expected him to. He's, he's starting to get, I'm starting to get more of like Larry Fitzgerald vibes when I was originally thinking I was going to get like Terrell Owens vibes, which maybe isn't all that different. Um,
1: okay, Dan. I love T. Higgins. Those are absolutely ridiculous comps. I think
2: Larry Fitzgerald's a very good one, to be completely honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he he's again a, a like I thought with um, with DK Metcalf earlier, who was another guy that I absolutely loved. Higgins, to me, is just your true alpha wide receiver, your wide receiver one that I mean, he he can do it all and. You know, we've seen plenty of guys in this in this class do some things already. Uh, I just think T. Higgins with this young, growing offense is going to continue to blossom, and I feel like he's got a really good chance at at being a, a high-end wide receiver two, or or even a low-end wide receiver one, in in the soon soon.
1: Well, speaking of hyperbole, I've got Brandon Ayuk uh, the next Tory Holt. Um.
2: I mean, I can see it.
1: <laughs> 5 catches 70 yards and i i i initially thought that Debo Samuel getting the rushing game was just okay that's his skill set and yes apparently it is a skill set but really Kyle Shanahan just likes to run his wide receivers no matter yeah. who it is 100%. like he, he could have a uh, name a slow wide receiver and he'd put them in the in the in the backfield
2: to run so, you Wilson
1: There you go to run you Wilson uh <laughs> List all the things you can do faster than Derenia Wilson's 40. Um, uh, flip a cheesecake. I don't know what that even means. Do
2: a, do a podcast with Nathan Powell.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, Ayuk uh, had a solid week three. Uh, had some injuries to start the season, along with his his uh, teammate, Devo Samuel, um, who still isn't back yet. Uh, but Ayuk, he's going to get some volume, at the very least, until Samuel comes back, and even then – but the real question is, what is it good volume with Nick Mullins? Um, but then the other question is, is Nick Mullins better than Jimmy Garoppolo? So the 49ers are a mess, and Brandon Ayuk is actually one of the guys that I would be targeting in that offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins is probably better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And Brandon Ayuk could be Torrey Holt. Could be Victor Cruz, according to playerprofile.com. Um yeah. See, I'm still kind of on the fence with Brandon Ayuk. I feel like he's going to continue to be like a boom bust type player, but then I kind of get a feeling that Shanahan going to try to lean on him a little bit. I want to say that Debo is going to be the the guy that they kind of lean on for more volume and they try to get Ayuk the big, the big play stuff, but with this offense, man, I, I just feel like they're going to continue to keep these guys involved and, and getting weird touches you know, down the field, in the backfield, whatever it happens to be. Shanahan takes care of his, of his weapons, honestly. They, they get work no matter what. I mean, we, we saw it for however many years with Julio in Atlanta. And, um, and I mean, all of the guys there, the backs there, the wide receivers there. Now, you know, we're, we're seeing them spread the ball around in San Francisco. A little bit by necessity because they've had so many injuries you know you you lose George Kittle you lose now Jordan Reed Debo Samuel hasn't played yet Brandon Ayuk's had some soft tissue stuff the running back core is an absolute mess um so it's spreading it around a little bit by necessity but also a lot by design that's what Kyle Shanahan likes to do so uh I do think that Ayuk should be more highly touted than than he was I mean he's a first round pick for god's sakes and and he kind of just I wouldn't say he went by the wayside, but he he didn't get the attention that your Jalen Reggers were getting, that your Justin Jeffersons were getting. Uh, I even think that a lot of people were t- touting, like, Michael Pittman over Ayuk for a while. And, you know, I may have been one of them at some point. I just – I didn't know with Ayuk. I felt like he was kind of a, a late bloomer. You know, we've got a late breakout age. We don't have, you know, a, a ton of of – College production obviously um, having Nikhil Harry there for a bit of it didn't didn't help, but uh, I I'm still on the fence with Ayuk. I, I do think he should be he should be ranked higher than he is, but also I don't see him really being a world beater.
1: All right, let's wrap up with the Chicago Bears. Duh, uh, they, Bears. They got a new quarterback. I don't know my Chicago action is terrible. Do it. Continue. Um, They got a quarterback. um, (laughs) Come back against the Atlanta. Dan Quinn. Hold on. Let's stop the press here.
2: Dear God.
1: It is September 29th, (laughs) 2020. And Dan Quinn still has a job. Okay. Explain to me in two words. uh, How does Dan Quinn have a job since they're twenty nine,
2: twenty two tonight. I don't have two words. Can I just – can I use IDK as one word and we'll – Dude, there's my, that's my response. How does Dan Quinn still have a job? My response would be, dude, what? <laughs> I don't know. He's so bad. He is so bad. I know this isn't the conversation we're supposed to be having, but what are they doing?
1: This might be a random uh, thought. He may be the worst coach to ever coach in a Super Bowl Ever. Ever. And there's been a lot of bad coaches to coach the Super Bowls.
2: It is atrocious. It's it's almost like they're throwing games. Is that possible? Are they point-shaving?
1: They're so bad. They made Nick Foles look like 2017 Nick Foles. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> year he won the Super Bowl. Um, and Jimmy Graham, uh I'll be honest, Jimmy Graham doesn't look good. He's just getting the targets in the red zone, and so his points look good.
2: He's a large um, human. That's that's all he has going for him.
1: Like, I mean, him and Gronk are just like, oh, like, that's a guy who can move kind of slow. And <laughs> if you get it, like, kind of near their chest, they can catch it. Um, but Jimmy Graham's going to get the volume. I mean, from a dynasty, from a fantasy perspective, Jimmy Graham's going to be a, a weekly starter. Uh, as long as Nick Foles is the quarterback. Or honestly, for the rest of the year in Chicago, I do think that you know it's gonna be a little bit TD dependent, but all all tight ends are TD dependent, especially in you know not deep or not even places like that, anyways. But Jimmy Graham, I I think that he is a nice cheap target if you're looking for a tight end. I I think that even the most ardent Jimmy Graham believers are willing to part with him for a late third round pick.
2: Yeah, I think I think you might even be able to get him for a, a fourth and some some fob down the road or something uh yeah the what used to be jimmy graham is going to be fantasy relevant unfortunately um but not to the point where we need to put really real dynasty value into him nick Foles for me is probably going to be a sell uh he's a he's a stopgap quarterback but maybe it is maybe it's a two-year time frame i mean who who really knows? And we know it's well, not Mitch Trubisky. Well, here's the, thing.
1: here's the thing there are, and this might partly be due to COVID, but there are so many bad teams in the NFL right now. I think I'm pretty sure there are six 0 3 teams. I'm going to look it up right now just to make sure I'm right. But we have one, two, three. Oh, no. I'll say winless, not 0 3. Three, four, Five, yeah, six, seven. There are seven winless teams. Granted, two of those teams tied,
2: but <laughs> there are seven. That's because they're equally garbage.
1: Seven of those t- teams are winless. Okay, and almost all of them would be picking a quarterback if they if they had the first pick. Like the only one I can pop, like would say, would would possibly consider it would be the Falcons. I, I think that the Vikings, but
2: Texans, think, Texans are on three.
1: Oh, okay. You're right. Never mind. So, yeah, most of the obviously most of the bad teams are, would be taking the quarterback there. Um, even the Broncos.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he's probably going to continue to have a job, and he's not super old. I mean, he's 31. So, it, it, there's still probably some life left in that career. I'm sure he'll continue to get work because he won a Super Bowl MVP, and for some reason, QB wins. So, I don't know. I, I think I think Allen Robinson gets a nice short term boost. We'll see how long Nick Foles is the quarterback there. But like we've talked about before, man, Allen Robinson really never gets the love that he deserves. He he continues to do this year in and year out, week in and week out, garbage QB play, but he just shows up and and he always scores fantasy points. Um, uh, and and Nick Foles is far and away the best quarterback. He's ever played with in college in the pros ever uh it's kind of incredible so sad think about that it's so sad
1: yeah so poor one out for one alan robinson but his value is gonna be buoyed a little bit by nick Foles. and while they are a 3-0 football team they are a team that's going to be trailing quite often uh treat cohen out for the year so limited amount of you know targets to throw to at this point so I think it's going to be the Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham show, Jimmy Graham top 8, top 10 tight end, Allen Robinson top 12 wide receiver.
2: By David Montgomery.
1: And go with our friends over at Bet Online.
2: The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on this season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division championships, all futures every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. But don't forget to use that promo code, BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E at BetOnline.ag. Again, that promo code is BlueWire. That's all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All right, that should wrap us up for this evening. Some nice QB1 talk and some news and notes. That's what we got for you on the Dice Cast in week Three, So, like I said at top of the show, uh, my Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions. Now, my Tampa Bay Rays, we're the number one seed. We're rocking it. We won the first game of the playoffs. By the time you hear this, we've won two games because they played on Wednesday. Kadosh, Manosh, go Rays, go Bolts. Let's go!
2: I mean, I, it's hard to follow that up because my twins decided to pinch hit a backup catcher in the bottom of the ninth with two runners on, and he hit into a double play. So it's pretty. Is this a baseball podcast?
3: It's happening daily. mypatriotsupply.com